All of a sudden, from around that little corner, I see these neon green figures floating towards me. And he said, what is that? And I moved the branch and I looked and it was this big, hairy something. It was the weirdest feeling and I just was like, I just want to get out of here. It was so real to me and nobody believed me. She started saying, I don't want to go upstairs because of the ghosts. The ghosts are up there. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the podcast that's all about real-life ghost stories told by the people who experience them. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. Okay, so much to get into today. Yeah. Because this is our season finale. I know. And I'm really sad about this. I am too. I'm so bummed. Yeah, which we had planned this anyhow because Rebecca and I both have vacations coming up. We need a little time off. But the reality is we are completely out of ghost stories. (laughs) I know. Can you people please email us? Seriously. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And you remember the whole voice memo thing? Yeah. Remember how we were begging for... You guys just stopped. Other than a handful of emails, which we're probably going to use in our mini-sodes, yes. we've got nothing after this episode. Literally so nothing. please, if you want Haunted AF to continue <laughs> in any form, you have to send us ghost stories. Because <laughs> it kind of doesn't work if it's just you and I telling stories over and over again. We're just making <laughs> shit up. Yeah, I would at yeah. some point. <laughs> no, I know. I will too if I have to. I'm good at it. Uh, but we definitely, we don't want to do that. Um, also, coming up in the podcast, we're finally going to talk about this haunted house in McKinney that we've been teasing for forever, but that's because we couldn't find any information about it. And it's actually been a lot of fun. It's been a blast. I don't want that to end. I know. And and I think Rebecca and I are both dreading the reality that somebody's going to say, it's not haunted. That is my biggest fear. Yeah. That is, it looks haunted, but it's not haunted. And, and like, I, I'm telling you, people, have, everybody that I've talked to, it's gone back and forth. Like, it is haunted. It isn't haunted. People are just making up stories. It's just an urban legend in McKinney. Well, that's boring. I want it to actually be haunted. Yeah. Me too. Today, we're going to find out for sure. Yeah. So, okay, that's coming up in just a little while. First of all, if you are going on vacation this summer, please take Haunted AF with you. Yeah. Uh, Introduce the podcast to your friends. Mm -hmm. Listen while you're on vacation. I actually got an email from someone recently who was asking if Haunted AF is okay for kids. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. So my thought is it's PG to PG-13. We definitely have the damn hell ass going on occasionally. If there's anything harsher than that, then as you can tell, I bleep. I will bleep. Yeah. stuff if I'm listening. I think uh, I would let my 11-year-old listen. Okay. I'm that mom, you know? Right. I'm the one who... I would have said 13. I don't have kids, so you yeah. can't really trust what I have to say. Well, 11 to 13... Yeah. Okay, that's the right age, If I they think. like ghost stories. If they can't make it through the intro, then no. Because I've had some friends who try to play it for their kids, and yeah. the kids are too freaked out just by the intro. Or if they can't sit through a scary movie. Oh. They gotta go. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. But please take us on vacation with you. If you do any sort of haunted tour, if you see anything creepy, please share Share it with us. We want to hear your story or just post it on the Facebook page. Absolutely. We'll use it. And uh, one of the haunted places that we're always hearing about is the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Yes. And I've been there. I would definitely. Have? I have. Yeah. I did not stay in the hotel. We stayed on the grounds. Oh, okay. Let me be clear. If you're planning on staying at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, it is an old ass hotel. <laughs> it is old. Which is already creepy to begin with. Right. It, it's like luxury from 1924 mm-hmm. or something. Keep that in mind. If you're a snob like me and you need to be comfortable, there's a load of Airbnbs that you can rent so you can, yeah, you could still go and hang out at the Crescent. My kids and I, we did the ghost tour. We would just creep around the hotel when we were bored. So basically, it's old and creepy and doesn't have air conditioning, is what you're saying. There might be AC, but I'm not sure. And that kind of says something in itself. Mm -hmm. But this 
place might be even more haunted than we realized. Yeah, and this actually comes from Channel 5 out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. They call it America's Most Haunted Hotel, so it might not be surprising that human specimens were found buried on the property. <laughs> What's the actual hell? <laughs> now, it all started when the hotel groundskeepers found the first bottle about three months ago. Altogether, they discovered 500 bottles that point in the stories of Norman Baker, who used the hotel to treat cancer patients in the late 1930s. That's a true story. Like experiments on people? Experiments. When you go to the Crescent Hotel and you do the tour, they will take you down to the morgue where they kept the bodies. Yes. I don't like this already. So hotel ghost tour manager Keith Scales says that some of the bottles are medicines and some of the bottles are medical specimens of what he claimed were tumors that he had taken (laughs) out of his patients. Archaeologists also found an old bone saw that they believe Baker may have used to work on his patients. (laughs) A bone saw. I know. A freaking bone saw. So the Crescent Hotel's been featured on national television like Ghost Hunters. Um, They offer tickets for ghost tours, and if you're feeling brave enough, you can also try out the ghost package, which includes a night stay. A night stay at the hotel. Yeah, so, and again, Eureka Springs is a really cute little town, so. Wait, but what if you wake up in the middle of the night and you just hear that bone saw, like. (laughs) Okay, here's a Eureka Springs. Thank you, Ziggy. (laughs) We are terrible at sound effects. Yeah, all of us. Mine's a seesaw. (laughs) My sister spent the night at the Eureka Springs uh, Crescent Hotel when she was in college with her boyfriend and she woke up in the middle of the night and felt this cold dead hand (laughs) on her leg and she was like (laughs) she jumped up it was her own hand that had Um, fallen asleep that's awesome (laughs) I know and hilarious no I love it so another place that you can hit if you're looking for a haunted sleepover and I just found out about this one of my girlfriends just called me last night it's the Nut House in Granbury ooh yes okay so it's an old hotel yes do you know what I'm talking about yes I do I've been to Granbury several times I know exactly what you're talking about it's right there on the square yes and if you've ever like heard gone into a big candy shop on the square in Granbury that's it but it's the upstairs so you can rent rooms in the upstairs or you can do like what my friends did this weekend and rent out the entire floor OMG I think there's like six or seven rooms so if you can get a couple of families to do it with you Mm -hmm. then you rent out the entire floor and she said that there's like a little gathering area at the end of the hallways and so they would go out and hang out during the day. Yeah. They even did the ghost tour in Granbury and then would come back and sit in the little living area and hang out and have drinks and stuff. So um, on their last night there, my friend is sitting there with everybody and they're joking about how the hallways look like The Shining. That's always a losing situation. Right. So <laughs> she says, let's try to recreate the scene with the twins. Oh, no. So she gets her daughter and her daughter's friend to go stand at the end of the hall because they're both wearing matching t-shirts. Of course they are. Why she's, wouldn't they be? She's trying to take pictures with her phone, but there's this weird glare on her phone. <laughs> So she can't, she keeps like moving her camera around trying to fix it or telling the girls to step forward. Mm -hmm. She can't get this glare to go away. But it's just like you're standing like in a hotel hallway. There's no bright lights anywhere. And so finally she tells the girls, y'all come forward. Tell me if you can fix this. As the girls are walking towards her, the glare goes away and they cannot get it to repeat. They can't get it to. Yeah. And so and my friend is unflappable. Nothing scares her. And she got freaked out. She was like, "Ah, we got to go sit back with everybody. This uh -uh. is this is too much. So I had no idea that was haunted. Yeah. There's awesome. Great stories around that one. So keep that one in mind. And that's something when we come back for season two, I'm going to reach out to 
the people in Granbury because I'd, I'm so interested in the ghost tour and the yeah. nut house. I feel like kind of we need to go and stay there yeah. or something because that just sounds well, there's like. Also been, there's also been uh, several suggestions of places around town that we should go to. In Granbury? Yeah, not just in Granbury, but like around DFW. Yeah. Like there's a, so there's like a graveyard in Dallas that <gasps> we're supposed to go to. Yes. They say if you leave toys on top of the stones or whatever, that inevitably something will happen. Oh something my will God. Move, something will make a noise or something like that. And we, and we've been talking about yes. this one for a while and there's like a stonemason next door. Yes. Zodiac stone. That's it. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, they supposedly had the ghost of this little boy walking around in their showroom. Yeah. And every time we try to call them, it sends us to a fax machine. It's like they know it's us. <laughs> Yeah, so I, it's we, ghost interference is what that is. You and I are going to do a lot of ghost hunting. We're going to drag my kids along. I'm so on board. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to be doing that all this summer. And again, you have to send us your stories because I know all you creepy ghosty people are doing the exact same stuff that mm-hmm. we're doing this summer. So when you're doing this, you have to send us your story. So give them that email address again. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Email us now. Please, right now. So you had a friend recently send yes. us a story. Yes. And this is out of Japan. So Ziggy, can you play this for us? Uh, my name is uh, David French, and uh, I'm from Oklahoma City. And this is uh, this is my ghost story. It takes place in uh, the summer of 1984, the uh, first time I ever went to Japan. I knew a lot of people from Japan. I had gone to school with them in Hawaii. So when I went over there the first time, I had some places to go, some people to contact. And I had a friend there that I'd roomed with for a couple of years. And so I gave him a call, and uh, he said, yeah, I'll, I'll come by and get you, and you can stay at my place for a couple days and his father was a was a Buddhist priest and um, he had a temple that he administered and they lived in a fairly large house and it had kind of an odd layout. They put me in the last room on one side down the far end of the hall. Um, there was nobody there. His parents, my friend's parents were not there and he was actually doing business and the only people there were the elderly caretaker and man and woman there. They said, well, where, what room are you in? And I told them which one and they both got really quiet <laughs> and so I thought Hmm, I don't know about that. So anyway, during the night, I went in there and went to sleep. It was very hot. And Osaka and Kyoto are very humid, hot and humid anyway. And I woke up, eh, you know, an hour or so later, and it was cold. I mean, really cold. Refrigerator cold. And I was thinking, wow, that's this is odd. Eventually, there was a, a small blanket there, and I ended up wrapped up in that. And I kept... Uh, having a sensation that there was wind in the room. I finally got to sleep. Next morning, my friend came wandering through, and he said, ah, so how did you sleep? And I said, well, not okay, but it was it was cold in there. And he started laughing. And I said, what's going on? He says, well, there's a story about this house here. This used to be out in the country, kind of out in a small village. The far end there where you were used to be the garden, and there was a well there. He says, I think your room is probably right over the well. I said, oh, okay. Is that why it was cold? Something about that? He says, well, actually, sometime in the middle 17th century, the story is that there were a group of dismissed samurai that were passing through this village, and they kidnapped one of the local girls and killed her and threw her body in the well, that well, the well where you were. I said, so this room is haunted? He said, yeah, pretty much. And it's been for 300 years or so. And I said, and you actually put me in that specific room. All these other rooms were empty. He said, yeah, I wanted to see if uh, if it 
would work on foreigners, if foreigners would actually see the ghost or have some experience. I said, well, I didn't see anything, but I sure felt it. He says, yeah, that's what we expected. Don't you see the the well from the ring? Yeah, totally. Because remember when they go to the cabin yes. and they're pulling up the floors? Yes. Which would kind of attest for the fact that there would be a breeze and or cold, uh, you know, temperatures in the room at night. If I'm not mistaken, isn't there an actual Japanese version of the ring? Because we still all are horror movies from Japan. Ringu! Yeah! Yeah! So this could very well be... Based on that yes. story. Ooh. I wish he had actually seen something. Me too. <laughs> but the fact that it got cold in the, in the hotel that has no air conditioning, right. kind of creepy. The other story that or movie that this reminds me of is The Forest. Have you watched The yes. Forest yet? We saw that together, girl. Yeah. Which is actually like <laughs> such a dumb movie, but it's kind of good. Yeah. The, it's, the basic bones of it are really good. Yeah. And when he's talking about the house, it reminds me of that house at the beginning. Uh, over the summer, you have to rent The Forest. Yes. Just know the ending sucks. <laughs> Everything leading up to the ending is great. And then it ends and you're like, oh, God, that was absolutely awful. I also thoroughly enjoy that they decided to play a prank on him. <laughs> oh, let's play a silly prank on that American and put him in the haunted room. You know you would do the same of thing, though. I would. One of these days when you're old and you're a gazillionaire, you're going to buy every haunted house there is. And that's where you're going to make your friends yep. stay. All right. Speaking of ghost stories, we have someone who is actually a ghost story author on the phone right now. So let's, let's see if she's ready for us. Mary Jacobs. Mary Jacobs. Hi, it's Julie Fisk and Rebecca Black from Haunted AF. How are you? Hi, ladies. How are you? Oh, we are so excited Yay! to talk to you. Yay! Someone who's actually written a ghost story book. You you did it. You've actually made a career yes. out of, like, ghost stories, which I think is uh, Rebecca and I's <laughs> dream. Well, career, I mean, it's not like I'm paid, okay? <laughs> but oh, don't, don't tell I us that. I made a book out of it. The book is Haunted Plano, Texas, correct? That's right. And, and you can get it on Amazon around the holiday season, like around the Halloween season. You might find it at Barnes & Noble, Costco, Walmart. Uh, I think they all carry it on their website, but they won't stock it probably in the non-Halloween season. Well, God bless Amazon. I know, right? And, and the thing is, <laughs> yes. I do like ghost story research. I'm mm-hmm. always looking for a haunted place to go creep around, especially mm-hmm. over the summer with mm-hmm. my kids. And I never uh-huh. hear about places in Plano. So I was surprised that Plano had enough haunted stuff for an entire book. So was I. (laughs) I was surprised as well. The way it got started was I did a podcast a couple of years ago. I'm part of a group, uh, a little podcast in Plano called Plano Podcast. And I interviewed somebody who had a ghost story related to the Inner Urban Railway. It was a gentleman named Russ Kissick who helped start the Railway Museum several years ago. And he was kind enough to take me up and down the street in downtown Plano and introduce me to people. And they all had ghost stories or they knew somebody who had a ghost story. And, you know, the buildings down there are pretty old. Sadly, Russ passed away, but to this day, I think that if he hadn't been there that day and it was a nice sunny day, I think I would have gone to a few doors and they would have said, I said, hey, do you guys got a ghost story? And they would have been, get out of here, lady, you're weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that bit of luck sort of unlocked all the great stories that are downtown Plano. Can you give us a little taste of some of that? Yeah, well, my favorite, my haunted AF building in Plano is the Masonic Lodge, and it's right kind of diagonally across from the Dart Rail Station. You can't just walk in there any hour, but the brothers at the lodge are pretty nice about showing people around if you go in and make an appointment or whatever. But it's an old building, and they've just had a series of things happen there. And one guy named Kevin Maine has kind of collected these stories over the years, and he's a great storyteller. He just sort of deadpans it, just tells these very spooky things that have occurred there, just 
footsteps. These things happen repeatedly. Sounds of kids laughing. They have this room where they do their gatherings and they have theater style seats, you know, the kind that go up and down. Yeah. And they've had many times where a brother would be up there by himself late at night and he'd kind of peek into the meeting room and he'd see some of the seats up and then he'd go back and they'd be down. Really? So just somebody kind of messing with him, messing with people when they're there alone. And Kevin has a theory as to who it is. It's a guy named J.W. Shepard. He's got an elementary school named after him. He was a rancher and a farmer in Plano in its very earliest days after the Civil War. And uh, J.W. actually earned Plano the moniker of Mule Capital of the World. Hmm. I bet you didn't know that about Plano. I did not, no. <laughs> he feels like it's a strong presence, somebody with heavy boots when he hears the footsteps on the steps. So they think it might be J.W., who was a member of the lodge and who also owned the building before it became the lodge. So are there any... If you look at a picture of J.W., by the way, he might he must have had very light blue eyes because an old-fashioned black-and-white photo, he looks like a white-eyed devil. Ooh! <laughs> so scary but I bet when he comes back in ghost form, he's terrifying. Oh, yeah! Yeah, you know it. Oh! I, I wonder if they've got any framed <laughs> photos of him around the lodge somewhere. They do. Oh. They do. And there's also one at J.W. Uh, Shepherd Elementary. I heard a story that the kids were afraid of it and they had to take it down. Ooh. But I was not able to confirm that story. <laughs> oh. I, wonder, I wonder if there's ever been any activity I at a school. I was just thinking that. Yeah, because we just rec- heard any. We just recently had a story about a haunted school where yeah. we had video and everything, but I don't know what school it was. I don't even know if we were uh-huh. told what school it was because they didn't want to freak the kids out. Which so, makes sense. Yeah, to know that there was like a paranormal investigating team <laughs> in their functioning <laughs> school on a weekend before they all come back to school. We need to go back and double check and see if that was like his school. That would be awesome. Do you have any other like haunted places that people can actually go inside in Plano? There is a ghost tour that's held every fall and it's held like one weekend in October and that's when you get kind of special access to these places Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are not just sort of open to the public. Well, yeah. But there are some that you can kind of, uh, the Heritage Farmstead in Plano is open all the time and there's a couple of different stories from the farmstead that anybody could go and see. I think there's a little fee to get in, but it's a great place to visit. It makes a nice kind of afternoon for the family. But one of various stories that have been told over the years about possibly Andy Wilson, who was one of the owners of the big house there, just sort of still being around. I think she smoked cigars, and so sometimes people smell cigar smoke. She was really a character. I went on a tour. It was like a a field trip with Uh my kids' school to that homestead. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, they have some artwork on the wall that is actually made out of Amy's hair. Ew. You know what I'm talking about? Because you see it and you're like, oh, that's... No, that kind of rings a bell, but I don't remember specifically. Yeah, I remember them telling the story. They were like, oh, she was a real character and we think she might haunt this place. And by the way, this is her hair. Well, maybe if you don't want her haunting the place, you might want to get rid of the, the hair sculpture <laughs> thing. Yeah. Which, it sounds disgusting. The hair but... might be causing all sorts of weird vibes. Right. Going. It sounds disgusting. But it was actually really cute. So, Mary, I wanted to ask you, Rebecca and I, we found this house, this really terrifying looking house in McKinney. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about it uh-huh. on the podcast for so long. And it's one of those places no one will tell us anything about it. Everything that we hear is either a rumor or hearsay. Or it's like circles. I feel like everybody's sending me in circles. Like one person will send me to this person. Then that person will send me to another person. And then that other person will 
send me back to the first person. Yeah. So I'm literally going in a vicious cycle. Nobody wants to answer questions about yeah. this one specific house in historic McKinney. And I, I want to send you the photos because, of course, we can't just post the photos. No. You know, we're dying to because this place looks terrifying. Right. The windows and doors are like nailed shut. From the inside. From the inside and outside. Yeah. Stuccoed over on the outside. It's like the craziest wow. thing. So, okay, have you ever had a situation where you found something that was super creepy and you were trying to get information about it? So I did do some research on the goat man. Oh, goat man! There was a goat man in Plano. And, you know, lots of communities have goat man. Yes. I'll talk about that later. But there was a goat man <laughs> kind of out on what's uh, Dublin Road. There was this old wooden bridge. It's kind of on the east side, the eastern edge of Plano. And at the time, it was not, you know, it was a woods. It wasn't developed. So I started kind of looking around and trying to find some information on this. And I found somebody on the chat room saying, don't go there. Don't talk about this. I did. And I live to regret it. <gasps> okay. Because so. we've had we've had that <laughs> same yes, thing happen. Yes. We've had the same thing happen. Like, we've had people saying this place is haunted. And then we've had people asking about it to the point where a council member said, stop asking about this house. At least that's what we've been talking about. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about. Right? Crazy! <laughs> Which makes you like, okay, now we have to get more information yes! about this. Yeah, now we need to know exactly. Well, did you try doing like a property record search? Yes, yes. I've done all of that. <laughs> I, 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 like I've got the name of the owner, but they're elderly, so I don't want to just pick up the phone and be like, hey, dude, tell us about your haunted house, because I feel like he's going to shake See, his stick at us. Unless, unless he's like my dad, or he'll just keep you on the phone for two hours. That too, but never tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's a million Either things. Way you're going to be haunted. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to hear some... <laughs> That was very good. That Mary. was nicely very done, Mary. Good. I want to hear more about the goat man. So the goat man was, uh, there were all these stories of sightings of the goat man, and he was, you know, half man, half goat. And his origin story, the kind of the main one I heard was that he was a farmer and uh, he kept a herd of goats. Sometime like in the 1940s, this group of teenagers thought it would be funny to go and decapitate all the goats. Oh. And it grew him up so bad that then there were these stories of teenagers later disappearing and he sort of turned into this crazed serial killer supposedly although I don't know there's anything to back that up but no but they say that so, teens um, that kill animals are usually serial killers right that's the, that's how it starts right right it's, yeah I'm more worried about the teenagers than the goat farmer but apparently he turned into a maniacal murderer and he lived under the bridge and kids that would go out there to just smoke and drink or whatever would you know were sort of his targets of course this is an urban legend and it took a life of its own so then teenagers would go out there just to see if they could see the goat man and they would bring their, you know, alcohol and maybe see if they could get lucky with a girlfriend and maybe get her scared and she'd grab you or something. It just it's got to be sort of a whole thing with teenagers in Plano in the 70s. There was a goat man story like in Fort Worth, I think. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. There's goat men every, there's goat men's everywhere. Goat men's. <laughs> there's goat men's. So, there's one in, I think it's Denton. Yes. Um, yeah. Huh. Like the goat man bridge. Big one. And that's a really horrible story about an African-American man who was a farmer who was lynched and that this was kind of his way of revenge. his revenge somehow with people coming through this bridge. Yeah. That one's an even more kind of famous, uh, more frequently told story than the one in Plano. Yeah, it's weird I that found, I'm, uh, I'm rooting for the I goat man like, in these stories. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You want the goat man to win in that yeah. story. But the most famous goat man is in Maryland, sort of the Baltimore area. And he has a totally different origin story, which is there's a sort of agricultural research building somewhere around there that's a little mm -hmm. bit mysterious. 
serious. And the story is that it was an agricultural experiment gone wrong. So it's half man, half goat, and he's crazed and he wanders the woods and, you know, looks for teenagers. And, you know, every so often somebody will get a picture and it'll show up on the local TV news. So, I mean, this goat man is, you know, this is like a goat man. man. How is there not a goat man movie already? Yes, I know. There's, I mean, these are all great stories. Half goat, half man sounds terrifying by itself. But then you add the murder into the mix. I mean, come on. Wasn't this a Saturday Night Live character? (gasps) Remember Goat Man? Goat Boy, yes, Jim Brewer. What's Goat Man like on the X and in something called Hellboy, a comic book. Yeah, yes, Hellboy. That's yeah, right. This is a celebrity goat man. Ours is just kind of a local goat man. <laughs> we we got to pull a Jim Brewer. I know. I'm sorry. It's totally <laughs> forgot about Goat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mary, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. And again, sure. pl- give your book another plug real quick. Okay, sure. It's Haunted Plano, Texas by Mary Jacobs. The History Press puts this out. It's that publisher that does the little sepia tone books you see in gift shops at museums. And and uh, you can find it on Amazon, and you can also pick up a copy at the Inner Urban Museum in downtown Plano. Awesome. And anytime you get any more good stories, you have to let us know, okay? We'd love to have you back I've on. I've got a book full of them. So ah, <laughs> awesome. We'll do this. We'll get back in touch around Halloween or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we'll have you on Plano Podcast. Ooh, oh, we'd love that. Too. Yay. Little cross promotion. We're all about it. Thank you, Mary. There you go. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Goat Boy, and welcome to... <laughs> Hey, remember the 80s? Freaking Goat Boy! I forgot about <laughs> it. I love it! That is hands down one of the best Saturday Night Live skits of all time. Goat Boy! I love it. We're going to have to pull together more uh, Goat Man stories. Remember when they shock him? Yeah. <laughs> like when he got out of control? When he got a little too goaty, they just... <laughs> Maybe we should just interview Jim Brewer. God, that would be so fun. Let's reach out to him. Okay. I mean, certainly Jim Brewer's got a ghost story in think. there. Uh, okay, so finally, we've been talking about this and teasing it for weeks, and you finally have someone on the phone for us. Yes, we're going to talk to JJ from Texpart Paranormal, who apparently has all the answers when it comes to this stinking McKinney house. It's Jennifer. Jennifer, is it JJ? This is JJ. Do you go by JJ or Jennifer? I go by JJ. Um, I go by Jennifer when I'm selling real estate. So you <laughs> apparently have an update for us on this uh, haunted house in McKinney that we've been investigating for, what, three weeks now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy. Someone reached out to Rebecca, sent this information about this house. Rebecca goes and drives by it. And it's like, holy crap, this is like the scariest looking house we've ever, ever seen in McKinney. So scary. I brought Julie with me out yeah. another time because we had to investigate a little bit. Right. Right. The history actually pretty mundane. It's it's a historic home. It was built in 1916. The original family is the Wilson family. They started a survey company back in the 1800s. A.G. Wilson is Addison George. Addison George was one of the first Collin County uh, residents. So our research assistant, who's fantastic, her name was Julie as well, she actually talked to the granddaughter. And in talking to the granddaughter, she's like, well, did anything weird ever happen? Was there anything? Because we heard like, oh, there were three exorcisms in that home. And That's what we heard a, too. A, yes. And there was a murder there or somebody hung themselves or, you know, all the same stuff you get when you have a creepy house. 
Right. The Wilsons liked to purchase homes that were kind of distressed around them, and then they would tear them down and build newer, nicer ones that they could rent out. Well, they tore a big house across the street down. It was a big old mansion, and it was on the historic registry, so I don't know how they pulled that off. But when Julie talked to the granddaughter, the Wilsons were going to tear the house down to put a new home like they had across the street, and the city of McKinney historian that stepped in and put it on the registry. Oh, wow. okay. That's that makes why sense. it's sitting. They're still arguing about it. <gasps> really? Really? Yep. Because it's still in the trust. So um, that's what I it think... is. They're just in a big, long, hundred-year-old argument over what to do yes. with this dang house. <sighs> that's so exactly. disappointing. That's why it's not been up kept. The family's like, well, we're not going to keep it up. You're making us keep this house, and we're going to tear it down and put something nicer there. And the city's like, no, this is like the original, one of the original homes of A.G. Wilson. And he's one of our prominent members of society. The fact that the home is still in litigation does not mean that it isn't haunted. (laughs) I'm not giving up the idea. I'm not giving up the idea. Because like you said, there's all these rumors that it was possessed and that they, that, uh, yeah, exorcisms were performed there. We heard there was an axe murder there. Yeah. The dog getting its hair pulled out. Like, yeah. What a real Um, pooper of an ending to such a great, crazy house. Okay, so so since you're telling us this place isn't haunted, you have to give us yeah. a good, a real haunted McKinney yeah, we ghost story. Cleanse the palate here with something good. I'm going to tell you a really good, my favorite one actually. Yeah, okay. Yes. Um, we do we do walking tours on the second Saturday of every month, and so this is one of my favorites. And actually, you get to go up and see the actual location. But there is a place on the square where a man shot himself. Ooh. Now here's here's the deal. Um, we were actually blessed enough that we ran into the artist, and he called us in because he was having trouble in his studio across the hall from this office. So we got called in and what we found out was like exactly 50 years later, we're getting to go in this office where a man shot himself. They hadn't even really cleaned it up. It still had his boxes, his desk, his brains. His, I mean, it Did had you see his brains? On the freaking wall. I kid you not, there was still blood splatter on the wall. Shut so, up! So, of course, my, our Julie, our historian, digs in there and she tries to find out what was going on. And all you could find was an obituary that was very plain. Jane said that here's the day he died, here's who survived by his, a wife and I think two married daughters and blah, blah, blah. And very mundane. He was an insurance man and a very well liked insurance man. And so when we went in, of course, one of the first EVPs we got was a very deep, growly get out. Oh! About it. This man was in here for 50 years, all by himself brooding. Here we come stomping in there and they're tearing <laughs> out his walls. Of course, you're not going to be happy. But what we wanted to know, at least what I wanted to know, is why would you do that to yourself? So anyway, while the others are doing their little EVP session, I walked into their second area with my little EVP recorder and I said, Mr. Ray, why would you do this to yourself? And I got an EVP that was very fascinating because it was the same growly sort of voice. You could just feel the sadness in it. It said, she left me. Oh, oh no. So here's the rest of the story. Five years it took us to hunt somebody down. And again, Julie, our, our little historian. Julie Rock. I know, she's genealogy awesome. Ancestry.com. She found a family tree and she talked to, I believe it was a great niece. And she said, okay, so I'm just trying to clear up rumors. Did your uncle's wife leave him? And Julie said there was like dead air on the other end for a second. And then the lady on the other end goes, how the hell did you know that? Oh, oh 
my God. Oh, my God. So we assumed he cheated on her. No. no. What happened was this. <sighs> this guy's business partner and best friend took his wife. She left him for his best friend business partner. No. That is heartbreaking. So, yes. But you'll love this because I call it Leonard Gray's revenge because he was an insurance man. So he knew all the little details. So he not only shot himself at a point in time where his business partner slash friend would find him. So he had to carry that guilt around yeah, with him. Sure. Yeah. yeah. He also made sure his wife got nothing because what yes! suicide? you commit suicide. Your insurance policy will pay what? Nothing. Nothing. Oh my gosh. She didn't get a dime and he completely screwed his partner. That is awesome. Wow. (laughs) That is an epic story. One of the most. That's my new favorite. I know. I'm so glad that I found you. Yes. Yes. And you're like the last ghost story of our of season one. So thank you. Save the season. Yeah. Thank you for that. So wait, do you have a Facebook page? Like if somebody has a ghost or something going on, can they reach out to you? Yes. Yes. We're Facebook. Uh, text part paranormal like I said we have walking tours that we do where we can actually show you the evidence and I'm hoping that we can get our uh, ghost hunting 101 classes back JJ if it's okay with you we'd like to check in with you in season two and get some more information about the classes and the ghost walk because we would love to take part in that and just hear some more ghost stories from you oh sure we'd love we'd love it and then we'd love to show you the evidence because we actually have a couple photos of of ghosts we need to see that plain simple holy heck that's a ghost that's a ghost I love it (laughs) Thank you so much, JJ. Thank you. I'm happy to do it and check in with me. Don't forget, Haunted AF is taking a break. This is our season finale. So uh, season two is going to start on July 18th. And in the meantime, we're going to have lots of minisodes. We're going to be posting lots of stuff on Facebook. We're going to be finding all ghost stories and, I don't know, creeping around while we have a little bit of time off. When we can, of course. Yeah, when we can. (laughs) So definitely stay in touch. And in the meantime, please send us your ghost stories. Yeah, otherwise there won't be a season two. Yeah. Email us, voice memo us, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to repeat it, haunted. AF podcast at gmail.com. If you don't send us stuff, we're, we're going to send a ghost to your house. Ghostograms. All right, guys, remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. Did you like the way I said Twitter? 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 <laughs> Thanks to our board, I'm Ziggy Becker, and to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song, and also to On Air Media for their titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you, baby. Oh, I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca. <laughs> ah!